You are listening to You've Got Five Options show, where every week Marta and Anna abandon their five children, two partners, and one cat to make a show especially for you. An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom, and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello, everyone. This is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options show. Hello, Marta. What, what, <laughs> what was I wanted that? to check if you're like awake, ready, yes. and, you know, on alert in case I go crazy. If I was not, then I am right now <laughs> because I felt like on some uh, bo- boxing match, you know, when there is this guy. What's his name? Dennis, do you know? He's like, let's get ready to rumble. You know his He's name? Team, uh, the caller, I think. Yeah, but it, it, it's a very specific one guy who, who has uh, uh, promoted this way of, you know, let's get ready to rumble. I think yeah. he can do it for like 45 seconds, one minute. And this is how I felt now. Like his spirit entered Marta. Or maybe other spirits entered Marta. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, very, very mysterious. Hello, everyone. We are here. We are very, uh, very close to actually finishing this season, Marta. Very, very close. We are at the radio for the last time before the summer holiday. Yes. And usually that also means the end of a season. Mm -hmm. Because we are fancy like that. Yes, we are. Oh, there is a plane. I wonder if you can hear it. That will be an interesting thing to check, but mm-hmm. probably if we can hear it, you can hear it too. Yeah. It's, it's very hot today, so we have the window open. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. So we will hear all other sounds. Is Julian here today? Will we have some uh, Vietnamese live singing on the show as well? One can only hope. One can only hope. And I hope that we will hear her as well, because between her and the plane, I prefer her. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this is probably uh, last or second to last episode you will hear before the summer holidays because we, as you know, we are recording two episodes. Uh, Of course, you know that if you are our uh, faithful listener and um, yeah, depending how I will feel like releasing this one. So, yeah, I will just say in case uh, this is the last one. What are the requirements for a faithful listener? Um, they cannot be cheating on us with any other podcast exactly, or exactly that's the faithful listener faithful listener is someone who downloads almost every single episode and listens to it and I think that we have at least 15 faithful listeners my estimation my, my wild guess my gut feeling uh, based on zero uh, common sense or research, <laughs> just like World Health Organization. <laughs> that was very ugly. Anna. Yeah, that that will that will get us banned on all the platforms. 
not. Okay, but um, yeah, I, I think that we, we have uh, uh, faithful listeners and we also have accidental listeners and we also have, oh, I will listen to this episode, listeners. So uh, hello, everyone. And uh, yeah, as you might know or might heard, we are recording two episodes. One of them is live on air and this is not the one. This one is uh, pre-recorded and uh, the other one will be live. And why am I even saying those things? It's because of summer. It's because of this temperature. It's just like I feel very foggy. Though there is no fog in here in Denmark. No fog. Maybe the brain fog. But today we have gathered in a studio to actually discuss a rather serious topic because we received a challenge from uh, a listener. And that's something that we already touched upon a couple of times uh, throughout the show. I think at least two times we have touched upon the topic of coping with a newborn or a um, little baby and how does it impact your life and how to cope with the potential challenges and struggles. So here we go again. But this one is a little bit more specific. And I don't have a name for the for the anonymous stranger, which, as we know, it's a oxymoron because stranger should be anonymous, probably. But okay, we we like to say that. So let's call the person, Marta. I will I will allow you to call to call the person to give the name. Amelia. Amelia. Okay. So the challenge comes from Amelia, and maybe without further ado, Marta, you can read it. <coughs> Yes, I can. Okay. So here comes challenge description. I've become a mom two weeks ago. My son is lovely and sweet, and I can watch him for hours. Unfortunately, not everything is as great as I wish to admit. For the past couple of days, it's been really tough. I thought I will be more or less physically recovered by now, but I'm still in quite some pain. I visited the doctor and he told me that I should take it easy and take the bed rest. This is the first time I feel like I'm resting since we had the baby because there's always so much to do. I and my husband are getting into a crisis mode a couple of times a day, every day. The baby is not sleeping in the night. He cries a lot. Doctors are saying it's because of tummy pain. He can be up for three hours in a row throughout the nighttime. I can see he's in pain and my heart breaks. Three minutes in and I cry with him. We are slowly learning some techniques to help him out. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So the nights are the worst. My husband can somehow come up with more practical approaches and calm our son down, but I feel useless. What would you advise to do so we can cope better. P.S. We are both foreigners in a country we live in, and due to travel restrictions, we cannot count on family support in the immediate future. Well, that, that is a, a challenging uh, situation, especially with the family and what, uh, what is happening um, in the world right now. And the fact that, because, for instance, when I had my first child, my mom was there to help me. She came for the first three weeks and helped me with the newborn. Uh, second time around, she didn't, but I already had some experience. But I can completely relate to the hardship of not having a uh, support 
of your uh, immediate family members and doing this on your own. So uh, I can actually relate to this challenge quite well because as uh, our faithful listeners know, I have became a mom for a second time uh, roughly a year ago. So I uh, had plenty of occasions to refresh my memory on how to live and coexist with a newborn. So uh, this time it's me who is solving this challenge. I know that we are used to that it's Marta, the wise one, Marta Gabriela, who because of her experience and profession as a, as a coach and healer, you usually uh, lately take over the challenges. Yeah, it's been led lately because we yeah. started by doing it 50-50. That's true. But uh, this time uh, I decided to, to advise uh, to Amelia uh, what has worked for me. Uh, although I didn't have exactly the same situation and uh, I gathered my um, advice in five options. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's shocking. I know. Uh, but there is also an extra option that I have uh, gotten from uh, Dave, my life partner. It's the fifth one because I also talked with him about it. Uh, Amelia is mentioning her husband and she also mentioned that he also goes through a crisis uh, every day. So I think it's very important to remember that men can um, have a very hard time as well. You know, only because uh, they are men, it doesn't mean that they are not affected. Many times men are actually the victims of the uh, postnatal depression. And we know that because we actually had a whole program about this. It was with Judy, uh, episode 129. Uh, if you are interested, we were talking about uh, postpartum. Actually, postpartum is not maybe the best way to phrase it. Postnatal depression uh, with men. And she gave us some really dreadful statistics about uh, the amount of suicides committed by the young fathers uh, who are uh, unable to cope with the situation because I believe men can take it in a different way, you know. Uh, they feel a different type of responsibility on them and it can be as challenging as it is for women. So we will not forget about it and we will come back to it. But before we will dig into the options, I will just uh, quickly give you the headlines. <laughs> Thank you very much for this unexpected jingle from, uh, what is it, an ice truck? It's the, it's the ice cream truck, yeah. It's the ice cream truck. So uh, option number one, buy some ice cream. It will all get better. No, I'm joking, but uh, amazing timing. So option number one is let go of all expectations and let it be. Option number two is follow the baby. Option number three, take care of yourself. Option number four, ask for help. And option number five, survive it, aka the autopilot mode. And remember, this too shall pass. We also have a bonus option. Um, if all fails, check yourself and your partner for postnatal depression. And that is uh, something we will mention at the end of the show, because sometimes, although um, we come up with some techniques and we find some rest and we ask for help and we let go of expectations or whatever we do, we still can might feel really, really bad. And 
uh, it is estimated that approximately 10% of women suffer from postpartum depression. So if everything fails, it is very important to consider checking yourself for that. And I think in most of the European countries, this can be done at the doctor. Um, I, I, I assume at least in, in Denmark, it, it is a normal procedure. Yeah, you have a nurse coming to your home and mm -hmm. the nurse is evaluating whether there is any suspicion of uh, depression. And if there is, then you are advised to talk to the doctor. Uh, absolutely. Unfortunately, I still am not sure if men are checked for postnatal depression as well. But if you notice that your partner is the one that uh, cannot cope Uh, with the situation, I think it's important to talk with the nurse or with the doctor about this as well. We had a very long and amazing piece uh, from Medium, I believe, in the episode with Judy, where we had a woman describing the entire journey of her husband with postnatal depression. And it was uh, quite uh, informative. Actually, I learned a lot. It opened my eye to a completely new Um, realm of, of actually having a newborn child. Marta, are you comfortable? I'm trying to be. You <laughs> can see Marta is like really preparing, like approaching the computer. I hope that she will be very talkative because uh, as we know, you have three children. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, she does. Okay, so coming back to the very first option, let go of all expectations and let it be. This is actually something That helped me a lot with my second child. With the first child, I have to admit, it was so long ago. It was 14 years ago. I truly don't remember. And my mom was there. So I believe that there was a lot of help. This time, a year ago, I gave birth to, to Gabriela. And we were alone with my life partner and with my older daughter. And, uh, and I could definitely relate to the situation that Emilia had. And I have to say that the very first thing uh, that I did, I let go of all the expectations. And if you are our faithful listener, you know that Marta has once coined a very wise thought. Expectations are the secret killers of all relations. Mm -hmm. I think it was like this. And um, expectations here in this sense, I mean uh, two types of expectations. The first is the expectations that we build in our head when we are, for instance, pregnant or we are expecting the child and we start to imagine how it will be when the child will come to this world. And this is natural because a part of this is planning. So we are trying to anticipate what we will need and uh, what do we have to fix or organize because then we will have a child. But then we also can drift away into this kind of a dreamy state when we expect things to roll in a certain ways. Um, for instance, we expect that the delivery of the child will go in a certain way or the first days will be like this or the first weeks will be like this. And uh, it is very dangerous because if your expectations are not fulfilled, you can get very frustrated and you can get very anxious and you can even feel like you failed because the expectations became so real in your head that sometimes you might have a feeling that this is how it was supposed to be, why it's not like this. I'm failing at this. Uh, I actually found a very interesting uh, definition of expectations. I think it was in a, in a 
a context of a relationships, but I will just quote it. Expectations, nasty, slimy, pricky creatures that jump between two people and keep them from having a relationship with each other. The relationship is with the expectation. I'm going to say it another way. When you place your expectations upon another person, you have a relationship with those expectations rather than with the real life amazing creature a create not creature creative and potential full human being well creature could also be used here and i found it extremely funny because uh, well now i found it funny when i said creature but i found it extremely interesting to phrase it like this because i believe that as a young parent you have expectations towards the way your child will be or behave you have expectations towards how your partner will behave uh, you can have expectations towards your family and so on. And then indeed, you might actually end up in a relation or relationships with those expectations rather with what is in front of you. Marta, what do you think about this way of phrasing the, the expectation? Well, as you know from uh, already years ago, because you've got five options in September, we'll have three years. Mm -hmm. I have uh, embarked on a journey a few years ago where I am uh, learning how to drop one expectation after another, like how to complete. Mm -hmm. I just like I don't believe there is anything good about having a, a, uh, expectations and they like really harm all the relationships, because it's true, it, it totally ruins romantic relationships, but also your relationship to your children. Mm -hmm. And we have talked about it quite a lot in different episodes that we've had. So now that I was listening to you, I was even thinking uh, nowadays you are encouraged to have something like a birth plan. Mm -hmm. Where you together with a midwife or alone create how you would like your birth to go and bir <laughs> giving birth to children is a natural um, instinctive uh, act. Yeah. where things can go in many different ways. And I am thinking that creating such a plan may be even more harmful than helpful because we are trying to control the uncontrollable. We are trying to prepare for something. Whereas wouldn't it be so much better if we were working on preparing ourselves to be with whatever <laughs> appears uh, during the birth rather than trying to control it? and make a step-by-step -step plan. So yes, I am so much pro-dropping expectations. I believe they are very harmful, especially with something that we really, unless you decide to have a Caesar uh, C-section mm -hmm. uh, and your child does not choose to <laughs> start coming before the C-section, that's a way to control it. Yes, a C-section is a way to control it. But if it's a natural birth, it's a natural birth. Mm -hmm. uh Thank you very much, Marta, for this preach, sister. I was watching so many videos when I was eight, nine months pregnant on YouTube from moms who were talking about their birth plans and how they made the, the whole plan and, you know, what are the benefits. But the most women in those videos were saying that, you know, 
once they were in, they could throw their bird plan to the garbage because <laughs> nothing was as they were expecting to happen. And I have to say, I even had my own bird plan. I thought that, you know, this time I will do it in a bathtub because it will help with pain and stuff. <laughs> I didn't even felt like looking at the bathtub uh, when I was giving birth to my daughter. And it's, um, you know, I, I was sure she will be born on 7th of June but it's because it's such a cool date. She was 10 days delay and I can go on and go on and go on on how many things I thought will happen and did not happen. But indeed, I have to say that I was trying to, after some time, let it go and, and just embrace it the way it is. And I know that many moms have uh, expectations, especially regarding the birth, but also they make many times plans for future. I uh, was looking at... I was watching those videos and I was like, the mothers were saying, well, I was expecting I will lose weight. Um, I don't know, like uh, in the first four months uh, that did not happen. Or, yeah, I was sure that, you know, my baby, because the first one was so calm, so he or she will sleep. And after two weeks, I will be able to take up some, um, you know, working activities because some of those mom are bloggers or vloggers. So actually, this is their income. They post videos on YouTube. Uh, for three months, I couldn't record anything because the baby was crying all the time. So um, if we do plan and we plan with the expectations that things will happen, we might actually end up in a very sad and emotionally negative place. And uh, that's why I would recommend you, Amelia, if you had any expectations on how this would look like. Many women, for instance, think that they will recover. You mentioned that you have problems with physically recovering. Many women are expecting that, you know, they will recover fast because they were following all the advices on what they have to do in pregnancy to make their muscles stronger, this and that. And then it turns out that it's not so easy. And they, they even can... Um, beat themselves psychologically that, you know, my body is refusing to recover as fast as I wanted. It's very, very dangerous. Um, so the best way is just to say goodbye to all the expectations you had regarding this period of, of time and regarding the way your life with the baby will look like. Say goodbye to them and let them go. That is the very first thing I would recommend to do. The other think regarding expectations, I would also recommend, and this is actually what helped me a lot, to stop expecting that the day will go in a certain way. That's like a, the, the micro expectations. Like I remember the first two or three weeks I was waking up and I was thinking, okay, so today I will, I don't know, clean, or today we will have a homemade meal, or today I will do this. <laughs> And then it didn't happen because uh, I had to take care of the baby all the time or, or she was not well or I was breastfeeding or, or this or that. And if you are putting that kind of plans ahead all the time, like what do I need to do today? Because, you know, when we do things and we complete them on our task lists, checklists, we feel better. That's a normal thing. It's actually proven scientifically that if you are able to create a list of to-do stuff and tick them off as completed, your brain gets a, a kind of a, an andro, an 
endorphin endorphin rush you know it it is a pleasant feeling you feel accomplished and imagine if you are in a fragile state with your hormone hormones buzzing and you make yourself uh, a plan every day to do something and you constantly fails you feel like a failure even more that's why uh, i've after two or three weeks i completely let go of any plans and any expectations my priority was is the baby fed is the baby changed is the baby alive check 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 i'm doing good i remember i had a plan to meet with a mom group in vila there was a special mom group you know and they were going for coffees i completely didn't feel like going anywhere because i felt like a big whale who is producing milk it was hot it was a year ago it was summer i didn't feel like going anywhere and i kind of felt bad because i had this vision expectation that i will go and meet with other moms and maybe my little newborn daughter will see other newborn babies what the hell they can see at this age nothing and i actually felt bad that i'm not attending those meetings but then i was like fuck it i just don't feel like i don't have the capacity you know so i think the first two or three months i basically just let go of all expectations and i was just following uh the the day as it went you know and it made me feel way better marta what do you think about this well i am just you know reviewing in my mind how it went for me three times <laughs> with mm-hmm. my boys mm-hmm. and the first time it was long ago and i think i didn't have like much expectations on how it will look like i was one of the first ones to have the child i didn't th- there was not this all these great mamas uh, on facebook who look like have everything under control mm-hmm. and just do 100 things a day with their children uh, i i don't think i had like a good idea <laughs> mm-hmm. how this might look like and it looked very very difficult the i think that all these uh, things that uh, amelia mentions uh, i have gone through them i was not coming back to uh, feeling good physically for many weeks uh, basically the whole uh, it's it's even called like postpartum time, the six eight, to eight weeks, depending yeah. where. I don't remember the exact name for it. I was in pure physical suffering and uh, the baby had colleagues, was crying a lot. And uh, it was uh, it was very difficult. And it's very difficult to cope with that when you yourself are physically in pain, emotionally, uh, you know, under the influence of all the hormones. But I had my mom with me as well. Mm-hmm. I had a partner who was great with children. He mm-hmm. has a lot of cousins. He knew exactly how to cope with the colleague baby. He was dancing reggae with him and, you know, just really coping very, very, very well with uh, with the colleagues and so on. And I had the support from my mom, so I didn't have to do so many things like cooking dinner. I wasn't able, I wasn't able to sit. How could I? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. How could I cook something? Uh, the other two times were much easier physically. I was feeling much better physically. Um, the last time uh, it was literally I came in the morning to the hospital. The giving birth took half an hour on the way from the hospital. We sold our house. When we arrived home, we sat like I was sitting down and breastfeeding the baby. And uh, my husband was directing a person to bring a sofa because we just uh, we just moved to the house three weeks before. And I was the third time I was one of these moms that could do everything. 
Mm-hmm. I had three kids. That, uh, I had three kids. Yes, <laughs> that was the third kid. I was breastfeeding. I was baby wearing. I was taking kids to school, kindergarten, reading with them, and so on. I was one of these, you know, superhero moms that mm-hmm. could have it all, uh, could make it all happen and stuff. So I would say that uh, it's very interesting uh, how it can be very different mm-hmm. after each uh, pregnancy. Each newborn is so different. And um, and how much harm it actually does to only project this part uh, where you can do it all, because there is not that much uh, footage, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> uh, online from the mamas who are like, uh, I didn't take a shower the last three days and uh, I don't know how True to. True story. Yeah, you don't see it much. Mm-hmm. You see, like in the morning, I took one kid, and in, and now I am doing creative stuff with the second one, and mm-hmm. and if we all project only this part of motherhood, or mainly this mm-hmm. part, because there are some voices here and there, I I start seeing them, uh, I I try to to share both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. Now uh, I was not doing that probably so much in the past. But uh, it's really harmful for the mothers who have a hard time, for the mothers who can't recover physically, for the mothers who are suffering from depression. I'm sorry I'm not saying much about fathers because I don't have a father experience. I'm not a father. I haven't tried being a father, so I don't know how it feels for men. My husband took it so well. He had a lot of experience with kids. Uh, Mm -hmm. My own father also uh, loved children, had a very good time. My father stayed with me. Uh, My mom uh, came back to work pretty soon. My father in the 80s in socialistic Poland was probably one of the first men who took the maternity leave (laughs) to be with me. So don't have much experience Mm -hmm. with men uh, having a hard time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just simply don't feel qualified to talk about it. But I can I can talk from a perspective of a mother trying it three times in three different ways. And let's be real moms. Mm-hmm. Let's show the full picture and let's not project this, you know, superhero, awesome mom uh, style because it Completely. is difficult for for the moms who are suffering. I think this is a great message. This is a great, uh, great uh, finish line for the for the first option. And good that you mentioned the shower. Amelia, I had this when I didn't take a shower for three days. I just went to I went to do the the very <laughs> like a basic washing <laughs> uh, because I just d- didn't had time or didn't feel like and there were days when I was simply laying down on a bed with a baby and breastfeeding all the time and watching Netflix and you know what it didn't felt that bad because it, it, it's just it, how it was because I simply let go of everything that I felt is not necessarily a Priority and priority was just to keep the baby um, alive and happy. That that was uh, the main thing. So hope that you will be able to say goodbye to expectations and loosen up on planning. And now we will go to option number two, which is quite connected to option number one, and that is follow the baby. And that is also something that helped me uh, a lot. And uh, before we will dig into this, I would like to just mention that uh, I think those are some of the newest. uh, Maybe they were there when I was with my first child, but those are things that I saw recently coming out that it's so important for the first three months just to uh, 
you know, follow the baby, be close to the baby and uh, and respond to all the baby's needs. It's actually the first three months are called the fourth trimester many times because imagine you had that baby inside of you for nine months and he was in an environment when he felt safe and and he was floating, you know, like a bubble in water and, and he was not exposed to this very... Um, alien for him world and you know a lot of babies for, for babies this is a traumatic experience to come into this world you know to be pushed outside or taken outside from that warm familial place that they knew that's the only thing they knew and be exposed to this uh, to the outside world that's why it really resonates personally with me to to follow the baby to be very close to the baby and uh, I was very close to the baby. I was carrying the baby everywhere all the time. I was observing the baby, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. Because, you know, on one hand, I got some books and a very good advice on what should we do and how should we, uh, you know, cope with the baby. And some of the things I actually used, for instance, one thing that could be something helpful for you, Amelia, is that babies, uh, especially I think first month, they don't understand the concept of night and day. And you actually have to teach the baby that there is something like nighttime and this is where you are supposed to sleep. And I think you will find a plenty of things on internet, you know, that you basically change baby clothes into uh, some sort of pyjama, although at this age it doesn't really matter. But you, you do some kind of rituals that signalize to the child that this is a time when we are resting. You can dim the lights and, and put some calming music or do some kind of ritual because the baby doesn't know that the night is the night. And uh, I, I read somewhere that actually it's uh, coincidental when babies are sleeping through the night because they don't know what night is. They have to wake up for feeding every two, three hours anyway. So there were some things I definitely used, but I believe that sticking to the books or the standards or a specific way of raising a child, because you will find different schools, you know, you will find this attached attachment parenting uh, and you will find, you know, put your baby in a crib from the first days. Otherwise, you will uh, teach the baby to be dependent on you. You will have a lot of different approaches to actually how to cope with a newborn. You have to figure out what works. I know a mom who was able to put a baby to the crib from the first early days and they are fine. But for many children, this is a no go. They need to be close to their mom and they need to be uh, they need to be sleeping with the mom because otherwise they will just scream because they are scared or, or terrified, you know, because they they don't know what is happening. Why am I having so much space and no one is here? So it's important to Tune into observing your child instead of planning on how things should be, which is tying to the expectation line and thinking, OK, I have to teach the child this and this and he should sleep in a crib and then we have to have this or that. Try to see how is my child reacting to the things I'm doing and what works. Follow the baby. As simple as that. Marta, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think it's it's extremely important and especially when you are a mom for the first time. 
mm-hmm. because when you do it for the second, third time, you already know yourself much better as a mother. You have sure. already had that opportunity to uh, to feel into that before. But especially when you are a mom for the first time. And I remember I was very, I mean, I know I was young when I was became a mom. I just had my 24th birthday. And at that time, it was very mainstream to put away your child, uh, let them cry themselves to sleep. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were these, you know, this school was was the mainstream. I was not meeting a lot of other. It was still good to breast. uh, It was okay to breastfeed, but uh, the bottle was still kind of like, you know, uh, in the hospital, they didn't ask me if it was okay to give a bottle to uh, to Philip and they just gave it to him. And there was like a lot of, you know, a lot of things. And I remember that I instinctively knew some things for sure. Even though the message was very different, I was, for example, 100% sure that I'm not going to be letting my baby cry himself to sleep. Mm-hmm. Even though everyone was recommending that, you know, you will spoil them. And if you let your child sleep with you, you will ruin your marriage. That is one of the biggest mistakes mm-hmm. you can make when you're a couple, you know, to let a child sleep with you. And there was a lot of things. But I knew for sure, no matter what, I want to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. That there was like nobody could convince me and I had horrible problems with breastfeeding the first time. It was painful like hell and uh, and there was no support for mm-hmm. um, for breastfeeding mothers. And I just had this very, very strong intuition that no matter what, it's the best thing that I can do for my child. And I had a very strong intuition that baby crying him or herself to sleep is not... Uh, something that is good for the baby. And now, you know, there is whole science behind it, how damaging is for the brain of the baby and so on. Mm -hmm. So now it is kind of, you know, confirming that now there is access to this information. But uh, 14 years ago, uh, that was not really uh, easy to find. Mm -hmm. And yet there was something inside of me, some form of intuition, which I managed to listen to. And it was not the case for everything. There was a lot of things that I was doubting about and I was unsure about. But there is something within you. And if you can open yourself to be able to hear that voice and follow that voice, regardless of what other people say and what you read in the books, uh, it's the best gift you can give yourself and at the same time it might not be that easy to hear that voice I agree and it's sometimes quite difficult to hear that voice through the screaming little baby and we moms tend to uh, panic and uh, I took it always very badly when my children were crying this is something I just simply cannot stand so I can fully understand you Amelia when you are writing that you know three minutes in when your when your son is crying you cry with him please remember that this is also uh, amplified by the hormones that are rushing through your body and you can expect um, extra sensitivity for the next six months that's how it is this is this is um, well, that's what we are given uh, as as women. Um, but even uh, through tears, um, it's important to to try to tune in into into your own wisdom. Because I agree with you, Marta. When I had my first daughter, I was doing quite a number of things quite instinctively, without having any knowledge. Like I also could not just make my child cry herself to sleep. Never. 
Um, now there is, as you said, a science behind it. Um, but I think with this, uh, with this um, experience with, with my second daughter, not only I was following my instinct, but I was also trying to be more observative. Uh, really observative because sometimes you can get an advice, let's say from your mom or from someone, like this will work. You just have to continue do that for X amount of days or, or something. And you can try out some method, let's say, of calming down your child or something. And you see it doesn't work, but you keep on trying because someone told you it will take time instead of just trying to take two steps back. Okay, this doesn't work. Let me try something else. You know, the wisdom is actually in you. It really is in you. Uh, but for that wisdom to uh, to have an outlet and to actually shine from you, you need to take care of yourself. And that's our option number three. But now we will have a little musical break where we will have a breather. Um, the last two shows uh, before the end of the season and before the summer break will have a music that Anna likes. So I have chosen the songs that you have heard already, uh, but uh, I truly, truly like them. So that's why uh, you heard Tamlin already, but I love it. So, yeah, we will hear it again. But he's an elf in grey 
I'll not change my own true love for any night you listen to the full song because it's a long one and we still have three options to discuss but guys uh, this song will be available the show t- the the link to this song will be available in the show notes of this episode so if you want to listen to it please go to the five options.com and find this episode and you will have the link and we also play that song in episode 129 in a full version so yeah uh, that's where you can find it And I think I made quite a smooth transition to option number three, which me, which is take care of yourself. And this option uh, is extremely important because I believe that in order to follow the baby, especially in case of Amelia, who says herself that not only she has issues with recovering physically, she also is emotional, which is completely normal. And she cries with the baby when the baby cries. Um, It's extremely important. Because in order to also listen to that inner voice, you have the inner wisdom of a mother. Uh, It's important that you can hear that voice as simple as that. Uh, So there are different ways and approaches of taking care of yourself as a young mom. And they depend on you as a person because every single woman is different, you know, so we need different things. But I guess uh, you, Amelia, knows know what makes you feel better and recharged. However, here I will just point one thing. Uh, I think sleep is very important. You mentioned that the nights are uh, deprived because uh, your son is up in the night uh, sometimes for three hours and uh, that ties in with actually option number to follow the baby try to take naps and rest as much as possible when your child is sleeping because your baby is sleeping we know that they normally sleep 16 18 hours the first three months Um, and instead of feeling this burning urge to do something in the apartment or in the house or cook something or um, I don't know whatever cleaning you have in mind uh, take a nap rest with your baby this is very important that you are gaining those Uh, strengths and you are resting because that will help you to heal physically faster and also to get more emotionally balanced and I personally was doing the same 
after I let go of all my expectations and my micro plans for every day to come. I simply was just staying with the baby and I am a person who likes to do things when the baby is sleeping. You know, I, I have this urge like, ah, I have to do it now. First three months I was like, okay, she's sleeping. If I'm tired, I'm sleeping with her. And uh, and I didn't feel guilty about this at all because I was like, this is just a period. The first three months are the most chaotic ones. I need rest. She needs rest and we will rest. And this is three months in a whole lifetime of things and activities and and days and years that I have. And these three months, I can really um, dedicate to rest. Marta, what do you think? Yeah, it's especially when you only have one child. Uh, mm-hmm. That's absolutely. I mean, it's it's very special. And uh, and when there is more children, then you are also more equipped mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, in how to manage a lot of different things. But it's very important to simply sleep when the baby is sleeping if you need it. Mm-hmm. And it's very very. It's such a wisdom with children. Everything is a phase. Mm-hmm. It can feel very, very difficult when the baby has colics, especially it can take months when the baby is suffering. It can take years when the baby is not sleeping. I have uh, been there myself, but it's still a phase. Even that phase of uh, children not sleeping, which in my case, because of changing from one long not sleeping child to another, even longer not sleeping child, uh, it took eight years. But now I'm finally sleeping. Yeah, okay, that that sounded very (laughs) grim. But yeah, Marta, you have an extreme case of children who simply didn't want to sleep through the nights. And it, um, it is tough. It is tough, but it shall pass. I do hope, Amelia, it will pass after a couple of weeks, not after a couple of years. Uh, But um, most of children, they uh, are able to normalize their sleep around four, fourth, fifth month, I would say. And colleagues also pass. They are not lasting forever. And sometimes having this perspective really helps. Um, The other thing that I did to take care of myself was that every day I needed at least 20 or 30 minutes of being alone. I was in the morning uh, because my uh, partner was uh, working at that time and, and doing a lot of things. Um, and he was leaving home around, let's say, 11. But he always was giving me uh, a morning, you know, when I could just go out and take a walk and, and just be alone. Uh, because it was important for me. Sometimes when you are all the time with the baby, it can be really tiring. And then gradually I was, I came back to the radio, I think after almost less than two months, you know, so I had this first moments when I was going out for several hours. So for me, that was very important to be with myself um, and recharge. Uh, Marta, before we will jump to option number four, uh, what taking care of yourself tricks that you had? Well, I just wanted to say one thing that it's Mm -hmm. also very important to take care of yourself emotionally and especially those first weeks when the hormones are going through a huge transition. It's very important to reach out for emotional support. Mm -hmm. It's great if you have a partner who is doing well emotionally and can be that emotional support for you. But it's important that you can just simply cry when you need to cry. And that you have that shoulder to cry on. And uh, it's a very unfortunate uh, situation when we are living in this 
crazy corona times where in some countries you cannot even bring your closest person, your mom, your friend or whatever, but reach out for any shape or form of support you can get. Uh, call people if you need to uh, cry, you know, through the phone and uh, take then pragmatic support. I don't know, order food, order shopping, uh, if you know if you don't have your mom around or your partner's mom around like really you know it's a phase it's going to change and allow yourself to just make it as easy as possible don't be hard on yourself don't push yourself so hard in this time just make it as easy as possible I totally agree. And that actually is a very nice entry to option number four, ask for help. So Marta, you have mentioned uh, the emotional support. And I think, you know, ask for help, it's very important. And I believe that uh, many uh, moms uh, have a problem with asking for help uh, for several reasons. But one of the reasons is that they feel so tired and overwhelmed that they feel like they have no time to ask for help. And actually, that was my trap. Like, I don't have even time to ask for help. I just have to keep on going, going, going. And I am not a very um, extrovert person. I don't really need a lot of people telling me or if I need a shoulder to cry on, on I will probably write something in my uh, uh, journal or, or talk to my life partner or whatsoever. And I have no problems with crying. Um, but I, f I, I really was like in a situation, I had a problems with breastfeeding as well with my second one. And I was like, I have to Google what to do to make it better. <laughs> and then I realized I have on WhatsApp a group of friends and all of them are moms. And some of them just recently had a child. Maybe I will just ask a question there. And I got so many advice from the girls, you know, how, how to, you know, I got exactly like a, a specific medicine and a brand that they tried and it helped and all this kind of stuff. And that was like I did it after five or six days of suffering because I had no time to make a research when I could just ask my friends. And another thing that I would like to recommend is if you feel like you don't have time to type, because many times, you know, it's like oh, I have to type the message, use a voicemail like girls, I need help this and this and this just, you know, you if you if you cannot type just just say it to your phone and send it if you don't have girlfriends that are having children or they don't have an experience you can also ask your friends or your mom or sister or whoever to do a research for you and record it back so you don't have to read it from a computer on mobile where you are with a child. Can you please check for me this and this? And can you record a message back? Because you can always put a headset and listen to it or even without a headset when you are with a baby to listen to it. Uh, I found this very, very helpful. So I think that technology can help you here. If you need anything, uh, any information, any advice, you can just send a voicemail to either your friends or family, get the voicemail back, listen to it and uh, and hopefully this will help. And uh, jumping to option number five, it's actually quite interesting because it's called survive it, aka the autopilot mode, and remember, this too shall pass, that was actually an option that uh, my life partner came up with. And I think uh, it's a quite, uh, I, I will uh, sound a little bit sexist because <laughs> I want to say it's a rather manly approach. <laughs> uh, but I think 
I think it's also because there are different set of challenges that uh, moms and dads are dealing with. And my life partner was exactly like your life partner, uh, Amelia. He was more able to focus and do things in a practical manner because he didn't have all this crying attached to him and all these emotions. And he he was telling me, you know, it's like it's important to remember that this shall pass and just keep on going every single day. Wake up, do the best you can and just keep on going, even if it means to keep on going on autopilot. Don't sit and think why things are like this. Don't don't overanalyze. Don't think like why my baby is not sleeping. Why this or that? Just keep on going from one day to another up to your best abilities with the thought and and reflection that this is only a period and this too shall pass. I agree that this can be also a dangerous option because if we are suppressing too much and if we are just going through motions, we can end up on the other side of, of, of just being like not too reflective, not coping with our emotions. That's the, the very first thing that came to my mind when, when I heard that, you know, like just keep on going one day after another do the things, go to sleep, rest, keep on going, this will pass. Um, but maybe men see it like this. I, I don't know. It was very interesting because he said that in the worst moments of his life, when he thought that if I will sit down and think about the entire context and situation that is happening to me, and he was also mentioning the disease in his family, the death of, of his father, if I would sit down and start to think about it and really look at the situation, I would just fall apart. And I would be like, I would go insane. And uh, he said that he dealt with the emotions afterwards, but through the most difficult period, he was just keep on going. He was surviving it and yeah, after some time, uh, things are getting better because nothing lasts forever. As simple as that. And your newborn baby will not be a newborn um, all uh, all the time. It, it will also pass. That phase will pass. I wonder what do you think about this one, Marta? Because it's, it, it can have dangerous uh, aspects, you know, of, of uh, suppressing some emotions, but... It's an interesting uh, take. It's an interesting take. And in You've Got Five Options, we always provide different types of options. Mm -hmm. It's not all the options that we necessarily agree on or would like to do. So having only two minutes left, I will say there is a big difference uh, between overthinking and overanalyzing, which I think is very often damageful, and feeling your emotions. Mm -hmm. So I would say... I, I personally find it extremely dangerous to overpass emotions. Mm -hmm. I have done it many times in my life. And now that I reflect back on how I was going, how I was doing exactly this mm -hmm. after the pregnancies and then with work and so on, because then when do you have that time to go through emotions? You never have it because uh, the things never finish with children and then you have to come back to work. So I would actually say the opposite. Mm -hmm. Your maternity leave is the only time mm -hmm. you actually have to feel those emotions. And I would I just see it with myself is because I got myself sick. I got myself into mm -hmm. disease because of overpassing those emotions. I would say I would find it very, very dangerous with emotions. 
Mm-hmm. Thoughts is a slightly different thing. Overthinking, mm-hmm. overanalyzing, I agree, it just doesn't serve us mm-hmm. very often. But trying to overpass emotions is a very tricky thing. And at the same time, we're always doing our best. And if we need to overpass our emotions, we are still doing our best. We, we are always doing our best. Because if we could have done it any better, we would have. I completely agree. And I do have to say that this option doesn't sit with me uh, very well. Like it doesn't really resonate with me. However, I really am truly interested in how uh, that's fathers would see it. Is it something that they feel like they would have to, you know, keep it together when it's the woman who is going through all the emotions and hormones and healing physical and emotional? Because maybe that is a perspective of a father that feels like I need to keep the shit together. Um, Just the last remark. I think we are uh, very much approaching the end. If none of the options are working if you tried all of the things and far beyond those options things and you still feel like you don't cope or that you have um, some negative emotions or, or something please check yourself and your partner with a doctor and try to figure out if this might be a postpartum depression we had a full episode about it that was dedicated to men episode 129 which you can find on our website the5options.com thank you very much guys for today and yeah till the next one thank you bye We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks.